2: The fan It's time to take a dip in the pool of stupid This is Common Man and T-Bone
3: I'm wondering why Platinum Fox is in charge of your burial And not me Do you want to be? If needed, I would do it for you as a friend That's what I've told Kristen, When I die,
4: I want to be just cremate me.
1: Where do you want your ashes to be?
4: Wherever you want them to be. And if, T-Bone, you decide where you want me to be is in your mouth, then that's where I'll spend eternity. Sure. I want you to mix me with some garlic salt and put me on a nice steak. That's what I would like.
2: Featuring Panama Ted. Too hot. Leanna Ray on traffic. You know I hate you guys, right? And all the weird sounds the internet has ever made. Just want <clears throat> to remind everybody that it's Columbus Day. is the only one I've ever met that can handle my junk. Stuff flaps all over the place.
5: Does that make any sense to you?
2: This is Common Man and T-Bone. <laughs> Happy weekend! Welcome in. Hello, Bone.
4: Hello, man. Well, it's the long Labor Day weekend. And we thought, many months ago, that we would have college football this weekend to discuss. And I guess we kind of do, because, Mm. I don't know, like, Eastern Kentucky's playing Marshall today. But you know what I mean.
3: Yeah. Spicy. (laughs) That's a lot of fun.
4: If you say so. But we have no college football, actual college football. But this week, we do have the possibility of college football coming back. And I assume, Panama, Ted, that sort of dominated the conversation.
6: Yes, absolutely. It was a big week for the Big Ten because we found out there was a vote about what the vote was from earlier in August, and it was 11-3. to We figured out who the 3 and the 11 were. We also found out that President Trump, he made a call to Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren and tried to get the uh, league to start back up. Also, Dwayne Haskins, he got some good news this week for him. And the Bengals also had a nice little week, and we also found out about an old flame of common man's named Accidental Kim. I'm glad that made the show today. Yes. Well,
4: you know, I I was also depressed because uh, this week was the last week of Bone of Education.
3: It was, yeah. Maybe someday it returns either you know, on the show or it returns as a podcast. I like
4: You're like a professional boxer. You're not even retired yet, and you're talking about <laughs> m- maybe one day I'll return. You and The Undertaker, like once a year you'll come back, put on a terrible show, and That's then right. next year say, yes, I can't wait to come back and put on the next terrible show.
3: Let me tell you, if they pay me what they pay The Undertaker to go put on a terrible show at WrestleMania every year, I'll do it. I promise. <laughs> How I much promise would I'll it take? It. Now we're
4: just getting totally off topic and I don't care. That's fine. How much would it take for you... To be in a match, and you know you're not going to be seriously injured. You're you're wrestling me. Let's say, oh. and I suplex you onto thumbtacks on the canvas.
3: How Was much there money? Brain helping you? Like how is this happening? Well, in Did this in this, it's like we're underwater. It's like you okay. weigh you weigh nothing. <laughs> it's space wrestling. Uh, thumbtack match. I'd probably take the thumbtack bump for. Eh, let's do ten grand. Ten grand. That's it, huh?
6: Yeah, I thought it'd be much take, more than
3: that. What if I had a, a, a barbed wire baseball bat into no, the fray no, then, too? Then we're up to now we're we're at a hundred k. That's that's a big. But time I don't hit you
4: thumbtack. in the face. I just give you a nut shot with it.
3: No, I don't want I don't want any part of uh, barbed wire. No, uh, barbed wire freaks me. I don't know my thumbtacks don't. I mean, I those hurt, but I don't know why I feel like that would be okay for some reason. Okay,
4: that's weird. What about you? I want to dive further into this, but Teddy has given me the double middle, middle finger which means it's time to move on. And he loves Stone Cold Steve Austin. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend starts now. Take it
3: away, me. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Do you want this news? Do you want Yes, me to wait? I want it. Go ahead. All right. Adam Rittenberg tweeted out, Big Ten presidents and chancellors voted 11-3 to 3 to postpone the fall season, the league confirms in a brief responding to the Nebraska players' lawsuit. Brief also outlines that decision based on multiple medical factors applying to all 14 schools. Two groups of experts advise the league. So why does it take a lawsuit? Well, I don't know. To get know, school presidents on the record for everyone who was out here saying like they never voted. They never voted. There was no vote. There was no vote. You're insane if you think the big 10 didn't vote on this. And we said at the time, of course they voted in some way, shape or form. Are they going to have a paper trail of it? Are they going to? Let everyone in on that decision, maybe not. Well, they should. That's, yes, they should. But this idea that they clearly didn't, and all these like Facebook bloggers that were telling you that it didn't happen, are obviously wrong. Right, who's this the has three? been does it in, say who the three is? No, this was filed in a court of law, so it. I mean, it's it's the Big Ten going on the record in a legal sense to say that it was eleven to three. I mean, I have my guess on who the three were like Ohio State, Michigan and Penn State would be my first through Nebraska. I mean, hell Nebraska's no, been saying you, they were I talking to Ohio State's one of the 11. This is school so? presidents. This is not ADs. No, I know it's school presidents, but I I thought that Ohio State had gone on record saying that they were for playing. I thought. I could be wrong. Gene said that, but yeah, I don't remember. There's it's been a little twisted world the last few months, Mike. I don't know if I can keep it all straight. But all right. here's what I know. It doesn't it did not ever ring true that they would make a decision like this and not vote on it. And everyone who was throwing that out there with no information. Well, here you go. The Big Ten is either lying to a court or they're telling you, yeah, we had a vote. It was 11 to three. It was overwhelming not playing this year. Now, why they couldn't share that with the general public? That's because they're because stupid. Because they're spineless. Yeah, spineless are stupid. Cause then the next question is, well, like you just said, who are the 11 and who are the three? And we're all going to guess on that. They wanted to avoid that. Well, now that's out there. We're all going to guess on it, but the reality is they did vote on it. So let's just stop with that stupid narrative. Common man and T-bone weekend. We did get that window into what was going on with the big 10 that I just talked about in the last segment. Yeah. Nicole Auerbach has an article that came out on the athletic 13 minutes ago. Red's daughter. Uh, No, I don't. Well, maybe who knows. Anyway, uh, this is going into more detail about that vote. Uh, It, was filed today in court. The Big Ten said they did have a vote on whether or not to cancel the season. It was the presidents and chancellors of all the universities in the Big Ten and that vote was 11-3 to to postpone the fall college football season due to health and safety concerns tied to COVID-19. This is according to a brief and two sworn affidavits filed by the league on Monday. The affidavits were signed by Kevin Warren and Northwestern President Morton Shapiro, the uh, chairman of the league's Council of Presidents and Chancellors. So this is the president of the presidents and the league commissioner both signing court documents saying there was a vote and it was 11 to 3. Now, we, I, I still maintain Kevin Warren and the Big Ten completely miscalculated in the rollout of this decision and the anticipation of what people would do when given this information. And he may have even completely bungled the idea that. There may have been other conferences that were going to join them and then at the last minute said, nope, never mind, you guys do that, we're playing. Maybe that's even what happened with the SEC and ACC and Big 12. I don't know. But I've always thought from the start it was ludicrous to assume that they would cancel a football season based on Kevin Warren going, "Uh, I don't know, guys, seems kind of unsafe, what do you think? And then just canceling the football season in his first year. Now you have some concrete proof The Big Ten voted on it. They voted 11-3, to so it was pretty unanimous. Three schools said they wanted to play. Everyone else said, no, we shouldn't. I, I, I think that's pretty
4: crystal clear. No, I think it's pretty crystal clear, too. But my whole issue has been, and again, I don't necessarily disagree with the sentiment. I've said this a million times. But my whole point is, you have these chancellors and presidents that are in charge of institutions of higher learning. And they don't have the stones to come forward and say, this is why I voted this way. To me, that's astonishing. Dude. That you can just hide behind your little cloak of secrecy and, and have Kevin Warren. I, look, I know that's Kevin Warren's job. But you're just going to hide behind it and say, I don't, I don't know. You're, how many of these people have been asking for, asked for comment and quotes? Every single one of them.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, here's the thing. So like the president of Minnesota, Joan Gable, her comments were some of the ones that got people stirred up on this because she was asked if there was a vote by a member of the press, I'd like to point out, not by a lawyer, not in a court of law. (laughs) She was asked by a member of the press, hey, did you guys vote? And Joan Gable said, we didn't vote per se. It's a deliberative process where we came to a decision together, but I absolutely support the decision that we came to safety first, absolutely safety first. That quote, I'm sure to an academic who, and I don't know, Joan Gable may be the biggest football fan in the world. I have no idea, but Joan Gable is tasked with running a multifaceted university system, right? State universities are not exactly little tiny enclaves where there's just a few hundred faculty. There are thousands of people employed by th- this school. There are Hospital systems attached to these things. There's all kinds of stuff going on under the umbrella of school president for these large institutions. And I'm sure when someone asks Joan Gable about a football season and she says, oh, I mean, it was a vote. I don't know. We didn't like push a button and have a voting system with secret balloting. She probably is saying we're all on this call and we all came to a pretty clear agreement. This is not going to work. We cannot play this season. And maybe there was a head count of the yays and nays, but it sounds like in her mind that didn't constitute a vote. Obviously to Kevin Warren and the president of the presidents of the university, it did. And I thought at the time when I read her quotes, all right, this is someone who's not being asked to go legally on the record. This is someone who's being asked in the public. And she's probably thinking, I got a million other things to worry about. Yeah, we didn't have a vote, but we all agree. because like, she doesn't want to go on the record and say, so you "I voted no." Agree. There were three
4: people that didn't agree. OK, so we mostly okay, we but, mostly agree was the message?
3: Insight to the process? I don't know. This. I, well, I know I know why I think. I think the reason is because, like you saw with Joan Gable, and I'm sure you would get if you could get every president on the record, none of them want to have the headache of saying, "I voted no." But that's
4: your job. It's, I your know it's your to job to deal with the
3: headache. Stand behind your convictions. <laughs> I agree. But it's the job of lots of people to answer questions when they're paid millions and millions of dollars. And yet, how many companies have a spokesperson? Right? I mean, you could make that same argument with CEOs and people who run all these giant corporations, and they hire spokespeople who are not paid nearly what those people are. To go out and take all the bullets and to to talk and to say yes, I know and we made this some That's what
4: a school president is too—a fundraiser I, and a spokesperson. You're exactly right. And all those right. other
3: jobs that you talked about, yes, they have to do them. They're not doing them all. No, but they have to make decisions on them. And you're what I'm right, saying is, they do, is and they should. The, they should come. They should stand with their decisions. by. Yes, they should. They should stand by those decisions. What I'm saying is, I can see how some of these presidents might say, I, I could see how they miscalculated and said canceling football is going to be big—a big deal to some people but everyone pretty much understands there's a pandemic. And I think they probably miscalculated from this sense because they're getting... You don't think the president of a university is getting pretty good intel on what the virus is doing in their county, state, region. They're getting all that stuff. They got to figure out if they can move in, you know, six to ten to 12,000 students or whatever they have on their dorms. You know, they have to figure out how they're going to get all their employees in and out. They got a million other things that are being given to them to look over to see, all right, here's how it's going on campus. So I'm sure they're looking at all that information and saying, yeah, football, any fall sports going to be tough this year. Look at all this info we got. And so I think that's their short-sightedness was they didn't realize that the public is not able to keep up with the day-to-day briefings that they're getting on how coronavirus is going. And I think they just flat out miscalculated and thought, like Kevin Warren said, we didn't know there'd be this big of a problem. That's that's (laughs) egregious. That's stupid. That's stupid. Oh my God. That's the part where Kevin Warren just completely stepped in it. You what, is you have deal? to know that. And his, know. and his job is to tell those presidents, guys, if we don't come out with a very clear reasoning and message, this is going to blow up in our face. And I, And I'm either they just flat out don't understand the landscape or they thought everyone was doing it. That's the only two explanations I can come up with is even Kevin Warren is not fit for the job. And maybe that's just the case probably is. Or they thought the Big 12, ACC, SCC were all going to do the same thing, and they thought, we won't have to explain it because everyone's going to be doing this. We're going to have a league-wide shutdown, more or less. And right. then suddenly half the league decided, no, we're still playing. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Adam Rittenberg
4: reporting that the three schools to say, we still want to play the college football season, mm-hmm. Nebraska, Iowa, and Ohio State.
3: Wow! There you go. All right. So OSU was one of the three that said we want to play.
4: That's uh there's nothing confirmed on that. He says league sources tell ESPN that Nebraska, Ohio State, and Iowa. And I mean, those would, the sources. Would is make some Gene sense.
3: <laughs> yeah. Now it's going to be a race to be one of the sources to say no, we voted. And then look, the Big Ten could have cleared all this up by I don't I don't blame anyone for filing these lawsuits. I think it's good that they got this info. I can't believe the Big Ten wouldn't want this info out there. You've made one of the biggest decisions your conference has ever made. Why in the world would you not want people to know how everyone voted? And the only, know. like I said, the only answer is because you've got presidents who are spineless or and, and just didn't think it would be that big of a deal. Maybe clueless is the other thing they are, too. I don't know. No, that's but ridiculous. That's Kevin Warren's job is to tell them, hey, if you guys don't put this out there, we're going to be, this is going to be a bad deal for everyone. So let's put the info out there.
5: Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org.
2: Bone Weekend's coming up next. The Fan, Ohio sports
5: destination.
2: All right,
4: let's talk about Big Ten football. You uh, broke the news yesterday. You had your sources. That's that right. The Big Ten would be back at practice today and that the season would start up on October, was it 3rd or 4th? Whatever that Thirdest, Saturday was. The
3: 3rd is Saturday,
4: yeah. All right, so her. you broke that news yesterday. Well, they're mm-hmm. not technically at practice today, but next best thing... You got President Trump going on Twitter. Here's, here's what he tweeted this morning. Mm-hmm. Had a very productive conversation with Kevin Warren, commissioner of the Big Ten Conference, about immediately starting up Big Ten football would be good slash great for everyone, players, fans, country. Then he says, on the one yard line, exclamation <laughs> point. All right. <laughs> Getting ready to punch that in. Now, the mm-hmm. Big Ten has come out and they have, they have said, yes, this, this meeting did take place. And the reports are that uh, they're trying to tap into a government stockpile of rapid tests for the virus. Thank goodness that's what they're being used for.
3: <laughs> well, I don't know. We don't, we don't need it for anything else. Just let them go to the football players. I have that's no good.
4: idea. I have no idea how many of these tests they have, how easy it is to manufacture them at this point. I have no clue. I find it incredibly odd. I find it pleasing, by the way, that we're at this point that we could be looking at a reversal of this decision because I didn't think it was going to happen. I have people ask me this every single day. What are the chances that Kevin Warren changes his mind? Well, I I always say zero, right? And then we we saw the report yesterday that we saw the, the 11 to 3 was the vote of chancellors and presidents. And I said, as much bad press as they're getting, these stubborn idiots, even if everybody else around them is playing college football and it's going on relatively well, and by, We have no idea that's going to be the
3: case. No, that's, that's have, a whole other question. We have right.
4: no idea it's going to be the case. I didn't think there'd be any way that they would say, Oops, we've changed our mind. Now, that doesn't mean they wouldn't play in January or in, even after Thanksgiving. We've seen that report. But I didn't think there'd be any way they'd just do a complete reversal and say, Yep, we're ready to go and we'll kick off sometime in late September. Whoopee! Yeah. I didn't think that would be the case. After reading all the stuff today... I still don't think it's a 100% chance, but I think it's greater than 50 that we could be getting football sooner rather than later.
3: Yeah, it's it's a very interesting situation to me in the sense that, you know, the argument has been, and and rightfully so from a lot of people in college football, hey, we don't know if we can play college football this year, but we're going to give it every every chance we can. We're going to give it literally the old college try and see what happens. Um, You can make the case, though, and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 did, or at least that's what they were making the case behind closed doors, was that giving it the old college try might be dangerous to our student-athletes, and that's why they weren't willing to do it. The Pac-12 seems to still believe that or thinks that what they did in their decision-making was sound. Right. I don't know. Maybe they'll change, too. But that's what's weird for me with the Big Ten is how, through all of this, there has been such a lack of leadership of clear explanations for negative decisions you've made, uh, an understanding of the pain and frustration for a lot of people who are affected by those decisions. That didn't exist. There was no empathy. And then now, a possibility of a reversal without a really clear reasoning as to why there would be a reversal if, in the first place, it was so dangerous. This is... A failure of leadership, regardless of the outcome at this point. Would you not agree with that, Mike? Oh, like, are you
4: kidding me, man? If they at the press conference, let's say they have the press conference and Kevin Warren is there and you know he says, Good news, we've decided to reverse course and go ahead with the season. After the initial cheering, virtual yeah. cheering that we would all have, I would also hope that like weird big ear Vince McMahon shows up and just looks at Kevin Warren right in the face and says, You're fire! This should be the last act. Kevin Warren yeah, shouldn't be yeah. praised for this. Instead, if he does reverse course, we should look at him even more sideways than we do.
3: As well, a failure. And, it's as a, a complete, it's a complete failure. failure. What
4: have you done? You've done nothing except throw everybody into chaos.
3: Yeah, this is this is the point of leadership where I don't understand this is not about whether or not we should play the season, okay? Reasonable people can have disagreements, I think, looking at the information and the data and all that stuff. There's lots of places to hear that discussion. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is with Kevin Warren, this is a guy from the start who didn't make the decision clear. Then when it was questioned, doubled down on the lack of clarity by giving a very unclear statement that he just kind of said, well, that's our decision, what we did, blah, blah, blah. Then he let... The presidents just kind of say, and ADs are speculating, did we vote? Did we not vote? All that was crazy enough that it led to lawsuits getting filed against your entity. Then you had to get legal advice involved, and legal then said, yeah, there was a vote, and here's what it was. You had to enter that into the public record. Why? Why wouldn't, from the start, why wouldn't you put that info out there? And from the start, why wouldn't you say, here are the reasons why? And if these things change, we're open to restarting the season. We just need to see these things change. One of those things could have been, we can't get rapid tests. Yes, and by the way, to your point... If initially you have your
4: medical experts coming forward saying, the reason we feel like we can't do this is because we don't... We, first of all, we, we can't, can't get, get access, yeah. and we don't, we don't have faith in the reliability. If that changes, then our opinion may change. Absolutely.
3: But we didn't get any of that information. No, we just... Like I said, I think reasonable people can look at this situation and come to different conclusions. But the problem is Kevin Warren... As much as this is on the the president's voted, right? Everybody's right. Your president's right. The president of these schools who voted to play to not play all that stuff. Fine. But the issue still is Kevin Warren did not clarify any of this to anyone at any time. And that has led to the chaos we have seen. And it is all to me, that part of it, the PR part of it is all on him in his office. Oh, and absolutely. I don't know how the Big Ten can continue to have him be the president of of this conference going forward. I think we were talking about this maybe on the air or off the air yesterday, but man, the first time he steps up to award a Big Ten championship trophy, I think Ted brought that up, that what do you think is going to happen? If we get to a conference championship this year, next year, whenever it is, the amount of vitriol it's going to be towards oh, this guy absolutely. for forever is going to be ridiculous. There's no way he could continue as commissioner. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend.
4: We are digesting a lot of crap Today. We don't know what's real. We don't know what's fiction. We're holding on to hope that the Big Ten football season starts up sooner rather than later. We've heard from the president on Twitter today. President Trump, not president of OSU. Although we have just heard from her, haven't yes. we? What did uh, she Chris- say?
3: Christina Johnson apparently talked to NBC4. This is I found the story on 11 Warriors' website uh, where she had this quote, apparently. She gave a lot of background to this, where she talked about You know, having a clean field and we're trying to all the medical protocols, have everything in place, make sure our athletes get a shot, but also make sure everyone has a shot to do what they want to do and all that stuff. She said this, so we're doing our work, we'll come back, and I'm very hopeful that we'll be playing football this fall. And then she said, fall is a long period of time. Fall goes till December 20th.
2: <laughs> Come on! All right. Stop it! All right. That is,
3: if you, you could not sum up today better than that, where it's like, we'll be playing football in the fall. Also, fall, we're counting now until March 31st of next year. Now, by like, the way, we, r- refresh my stupid mind. She's the one who voted on this, right? Not Michael Drake. As far as I know, Michael Drake did not
6: vote was, on he this. He was gone in
3: June, right? Well, even if he wasn't, why would the outgoing guy get a vote here? I I don't know. But the incoming president—it's you're assuming competence here. I have no idea. Yeah, but imagine—I mean, either way, the vote was yes. But the outgoing president—if the outgoing president was like, "No, they shouldn't play football." Here you go, Christina, enjoy. Like that would really suck if he got to vote and then gave the new president. Now you clean up the mess of people being mad. So yeah, I think I think there is something to this that. Not that Michael Drake was the paragon of leadership per se, but I do think having a presidential change happening during this time with your biggest football school and arguably your biggest institution in the Big Ten, I do think that probably contributed to a lot of the confusion. Not that that's Christina Johnson's fault. I'm saying I think because there wasn't, you know, maybe a, a, it, you're in the midst of a change. You're in the midst of everyone right. figuring everything out. And then this giant crisis gets dropped in your lap and like I've said earlier, they had to figure out all this other stuff with college going on and then also college football. Maybe that's part of why this was a little more chaotic than it would have been. If Christina Johnson had already been in the job and then next year maybe could have been a more clear voice in that room. I don't know the answer on that, but I wonder if that didn't have something to do with it.
5: More stupidity awaits you. That's all. Ohio ready for some quick mental health facts. Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org.
2: Information I need. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend returns on the other side of the break.
5: The
4: Fan, Ohio Sports, Destin. All right, so here are the reports today. Uh, Dave Biddle, our guy from BuckNuts, uh, he is reporting that the Big Ten is expected to vote as early as this Friday, which is tomorrow, on whether to have a fall football season. Maybe you're saying, well, wait a second, I thought they already voted. Well, they did, but now time has passed, and they've talked to the president, and they've been shamed by pretty much every single person on Earth, I guess. And so they're going to reconvene and try and figure this out. Here's my problem. First of all, this goes without saying, yay, yay, right, yay, right, yes, yay, we want football, we all want it. Now, if they would have come out at the time, and this is the whole problem that I have with this, other than the no football, and they've come out and say, we can't play football because of this, this, and this. But if these things change, then we'll be back, and we'll reassess our, our votes, and our thoughts at this moment. But they never did that. So if they stand up now and say, oh, well, we changed our mind. Yay, football. I just read something today about how the virus count in Iowa is the
3: highest it's been. Yeah. Well, we- Iowa, Iowa State, which is not in the Big Ten, obviously, but they were going to have fans at their game. And then they said, oh, never mind. Can't do that because of this outbreak continuing. In in this state. We've hit 21-day highs
4: twice this week with virus count. So it's not like, oh, well, last time we voted, I mean, everybody was just dropping dead right on the street. But now everybody's fine, so let's go play football. That's not the case. So they're going to try and spin this some way. Now, again, from a football fan perspective, this is fantastic. But it speaks to the ineptness that you have going on both at the individual school level and the Big Ten level with Kevin Warren if they reverse this decision.
3: Yeah, I guess that's where I come down on it is if you think you made the wrong decision, that's fine. But usually the wrong decision is based on, well, we have new information. And I know like some of the new information is uh, these rapid tests, which have since, I guess, been developed um, that that will help to be able to determine if schools are going to be able to, you know, have players be safe, and that's good, right? Those, are, the more technology we have to throw at this thing, the better. I think that's great. I do know the Pac-12 was asked about some of the rapid tests. I don't know if it's the ones that just came out from Abbott, but I remember their doctor, who was kind of one of the main doctors on the committee, said, "Yeah, we looked at those, and they don't solve any of our issues because you still have to send them, even if the lab is like." Even though they're quicker, you still have to send them off to a lab. And unless we can put a lab at every school in this amount of time, that's not feasible to start that. But we
4: discussed this. Weren't there machines that you could buy and put yes, on but the they, campuses?
3: they said that they could. The Pac-12 said they still wouldn't be able to do that. And I know that we as Big Ten fans want to think the Pac-12 just doesn't like football, but do you know how much money they're losing by not playing football? Like, they want to play football, too. They just feel like it's not feasible to do so. And I think we focus so much on why we want to play football. And the answer is because we all love football. Who doesn't love football? I mean, this is this is awesome if they can go back and play. But I think it is weird that we are looking at the Pac-12 and saying, "Well, they just hate football. They don't. They had they had their reasons." And again, with the Big Ten, I don't understand what your reasons were in the first place. If now that's you can the say, problem. "Oh, never mind, we can start playing," well, then you obviously didn't have very good reasons to begin with. If that's if that's the case. The Pac-12 may know what they're talking about. They may have better information than the Big Ten. But clearly the Big Ten's information is not very compelling. If they can just say, oh, everyone got mad at this, never mind. We'll, yeah. we'll do it over. That's, I don't understand.
4: They should have a joint press conference. They should have a vote tomorrow, <laughs> then accomplish two things at the press conference. Announce they're coming back, like October 10th or whenever it is, and then all of them resign. <laughs>
3: Incl- oh. Including see, Kevin I, Warren, just mass resignation. When you said joint press conference, I thought you meant the Big Ten and the Pac-12, Oh, well. where it could be like the Big Ten's like, we see no problem with playing football, and then the Pac-12's like, they're wrong. And then the Big Ten's like, no, you're wrong. And then they just fight. Well, that's and fine then, with me. And then they call that the Rose Bowl, and then we, yay, we had the Rose Bowl. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend.
4: All right, I have some really significant breaking news to share with you. Okay. All right. So we've all heard the story by now that perhaps the Big Ten presidents will vote again on postponing the fall football season. That could come tomorrow, could happen this weekend, we have no idea. And I already was pretty bullish on the fact that they were going to reverse course and we're going to get football in the fall. Now, when in the fall, we have no idea. But certainly before January, I think we'll have football. More likely, I think, by next month we'll have football. But here's why I'm convinced of it now. This just came down. The Pac-12 conference announced today it has entered into an agreement with the diagnostic test leader Quidel Corporation to implement rapid tests with student-athletes across all of its campuses for all close contact sports. It says their testing machines will be delivered to all athletic departments by the end of September 2020. So a lot of people are looking at this saying, well, now the Pac-12 is going to get ready to reverse their decision because they have this rapid test situation they feel comfortable with. If the Pac-12 feels comfortable and it looks like there's light at the end end of the tunnel there, you have to be thinking that this is coming down with the Big Ten as well. Maybe not an agreement like this, but now that you have a conversation with the government, the White House... Maybe securing the rapid testing that you feel comfortable with. Of course, the outrage, and now your only ally looks like they may reverse course as well. There's really nothing holding the Big Ten back at this point.
3: Well, I think that already became clear to them when they saw that. Like, I don't. I don't even think I know the Big Ten and Pac-12 have always been linked at the hip because of. Yep. Yeah. Because of the Rose Bowl, but I think the Big Ten, the drivers in the Big Ten, right. Ohio state being the primary school that drives the big 10. I think they view themselves in alignment more with the sec than they do the PAC 12. And I think if they're honest schools like Penn state and even, uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska, those schools that have aspirations of becoming national champions. Like I think those schools also would say they align themselves more with the sec and the ACC. So the fact that those schools are playing, I think that is the, the bigger issue here, but Yeah, if the Pac-12 says, no, we can play, then the Big Ten looks foolish for being the only one sitting out. Even if you think they already did look foolish, they look even more foolish to themselves, and that's what truly matters. By the way, John Wilner, who is uh, someone who covers the Pac-12, I want to say for the San Jose Mercury News, he just tweeted out that uh, Pac-12 testing development will be discussed at a press conference today at uh, 5.15 our time, 2.15 their time with important implications for Pac-12 return-to-sport competition scenarios. So we might get more info within the next 20 or 30 minutes whenever that press conference starts.
4: Very interesting. And the other thing that uh, is worth noting here, in addition to this, you still have some local ordinances that forbid teams to practice. So, I mean, it's nice that you have this testing capability, I guess, coming in at the end of the month, but... If the local governments don't say that practice is okay, that you can convene for practice, I don't know how you work around that.
3: Yeah, I want to say too that I just saw this is not in the Pac 12, but this is obviously important for the Big 10. I want to say that Michigan's governor, Gretchen Whitmer, she just today announced that, like, you know, sports can return, organized sports can return. I don't know if that order had already previously eliminated college sports or maybe they carved out an exemption and said college and pro sports are well, they were this. they
4: were practicing at yeah, the michigan okay. colleges before
3: I'm just saying, like, uh, they, they are, they're doing, they're getting back to opening up gyms and pools and organized sports to resume practices in the state of Michigan. Right. I presume that helps, that helps the cause for the Big Ten to say, look, more and more of our states are saying it's okay to do this stuff. So that's going to be less of a hindrance. If you see the same thing starting to happen in the Pac 12, like if you see California or Oregon or Washington going down that road in the next couple of weeks, that would signal, I would think,
5: Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Ball.
2: Not dumb enough yet? I don't know. Good news. Good news. More common man and T-bone weekends coming up next. The Fan, Ohio sports destination.
4: All right, where's the Big Ten sitting with all this? We talked about the possibility of a revote yesterday. That's what all the reports said. Well, there are more reports today saying, well, they may do that, but it's not going to be today. I saw some jabroni who covers Wisconsin tweet out, Barry Alvarez, speaking to the athletic board, notes medical officials still working to gather info. And I like how in parentheses he puts facts as opposed to lies (laughs) to fashion a proposal for leagues, presidents and chancellors. Again, that doesn't sound like first and goal at the one just yet. That's what he wrote. Then Adam Rittenberg, who covers college football for ESPN, he followed up with that. And said Big Ten's medical subcommittee still working on outlining benchmarks for return to competition. Once they do, can approach presidents after the first vote. Presidents will want all information presented to be fully vetted and up to date. All right, okay. <laughs> Let me ask this question: <laughs>
6: Jeez.
4: When they when they voted the first time? Mm-hmm. Did they have any actual information? Did they have a, a big stack of stuff from their medical experts to to base their opinion on? Or were they just flying from the seat of their pants?
3: Mike, I will tell you that when I first started hearing all this stuff, when the initial vote came out you know, a little less than a month ago, and I see people flying off the handle going, they're, 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 Kevin Warren just hates football, and, and they have no basis for doing this. At the time, I said, okay, that's not logical. Logic would tell you whatever information they were given was compelling enough to make them say, let's take our multi-billion dollar industry and grind it to a halt because there's something going on here that concerns us gravely. Now, when you hear them saying, we want to make sure all the information is vetted, I I can't blame people for getting into conspiracy land on this where they believe not that I do, but where people are believing that this whole time they just made all this up because I why like I don't understand what the end game would be to shoot yourself in the foot and say, yeah, we don't want to play football, even though everyone else is going to look at this info and say, yeah, it's cool to play. It doesn't make any sense. Well, that's
4: you, I've said this a million times. Don't look for conspiracy when where incompetence will tell the story. That's I think it. that's what we're talking yeah. about here. That's it. It's yeah. just sheer incompetence. One thing this does say, it it pretty much just guarantees they're voting again. Now, when are they going to vote again? I don't know. That could be later today. That could be this weekend. I have no idea. But well, they're, they're right. going to
3: get more evidence and vote based on that right. evidence. But let's be really clear. Any report that says... They are going to vote again does not really break a ton of news. Other than like let's let's keep this in mind. If they were going to play in January, they would have to have a vote, right? They're yes. not they're not going to just show up in January and say, "Okay, time to play football." Like someone's going to have to put a vote in to say, "Is this the plan? Is November the plan? Is October the plan? What's the plan?" I'm saying even when they canceled the season back in or postponed it, right? They never officially canceled it. They said at the time it was a postponement until the winter. That's when their thought was. So they would have to have a vote to say, this is what we're going to do. We think it's safe to play football. So right now, all these reports saying there's going to be a vote. Well, yeah, there is going to be a vote. When will that vote come? October? Next month? I Today? I don't know. But I do know that they're going to have to have a vote no matter what to get football started up again because you can't just say that we're postponing the season and then never revisit the decision as far as when players will get to play. Because, for example, guys like Justin Fields need to know if you're playing in January, I'm probably not a part of that. If you're playing in November, maybe I'm a part of that. If you're playing in October, it's not even a question he's playing, right? I mean, I would guess. So they have to make some clarity for everyone to know, and the only way they're going to do that is if they actually get... Info that shows them it's okay to go back to play. Here's where I am on this. Two days ago, I was much more optimistic
4: than I am now. And let me tell you why. You know, I I firmly believe these school presidents and chancellors, and maybe even Kevin Warren, when they decided to postpone everything, they thought everybody was going to jump on board. And they thought that we would all get it, I guess. And there wouldn't be the outrage that there has been for this entire thing. I, I think they 're going to be just as stupid with'll the, they 'll they'll have another vote they will have a press conference or something like that, and they will announce probably expecting a parade of just grateful fans in every single big ten market <laughs> right. They will announce all right we 're going to play in uh, in january've we've, we 've we've done it we've we 've agreed to this. the medical professionals say January is the time to go, and I just you know we worked very hard on this partnership. It's us and the Pac-12. We're gonna both play in January together so we can have some traditional bowl matchups then at the end of that whatever season we're gonna call this. When it's all said and done, we're gonna get to play the Pac-12 in bowl games. Then they're gonna, they're gonna wait for applause. Oh, and it's, and it's not going to come, and it's going to be thrown right back in their face, and they'll, they'll go back to their people saying, well, wait a second, I thought this Rose Bowl and all this other stuff was a big deal. It seems like people are just as upset. I don't know why, because all these people don't have a clue. They
3: have no idea what we want. No. Well, like we said earlier, what we want is either a football season, the way a football season's always happened, or pretty much most people want nothing to do with it. That's that's the reality we've come to realize. If you play in November, people are going to watch. Don't get me wrong. You put the season in November and December and January and have a bowl game in February with a Pac-12 team. People will tune in. We will talk about it. It will be on television, and we will all enjoy watching those games to a degree. If you're you're acting like a hero because you saved that for the fans, no one's going to treat you like a hero. They're going to remember in... January, as they're watching the Buckeyes play, possibly indoors at, you know, Lucas Oil Field or somewhere, they're going to remember this is stupid. This is happening because there was no clear leadership from the Big Ten. So don't ever forget that. And don't ever think that you're going to get some giant applause unless you come out this weekend or next week and say, season's back on. We're playing in October and we're really hoping we can get it in before the playoffs. Then you'll get applause. There is a new book coming out. It's called The Dynasty
4: by Jeff Benedict. It's about the Patriots. And in this book, he talks about how Giselle, uh, Tommy's husband, Mm -hmm. was very vocal of his treatment during a meeting with Robert Kraft at Bob Kraft's house. This is in the weeks after the 2018 Super Bowl. It says, Belichick was not present, but Giselle told Kraft she and Brady were sick of Belichick Treating the quarterback like, quote, effing Johnny Foxborough, which, by the way, I love. That That is a pretty great name. Tom Brady's new name is Johnny Foxborough. And mm-hmm. right now, uh, Lane Kiffin is somewhere at a bar using that as a fake name. No, using Joey Freshwater. No, because people know Joey Freshwater. Oh, you're right. you got to get away from that one. That's exactly right. Uh, Giselle said it was bad enough that Belichick refused to voice approval for Brady, but even worse still... that he unloaded on him during meetings and gave him a hard time.
3: Yeah, well, Okay. I mean, I don't know what the right answer is there because one could say that's probably not the best way to approach things. You could easily also understand that Bill Belichick has had a lot of success approaching things the way he did. And would it be wrong to criticize him for the methods that he used that now Tom Brady and apparently Giselle did not enjoy at the time but it's still got pretty tremendous results up until the last couple of years. No, and but it's
4: also not wrong to point out
3: that Bill Belichick didn't have any of this success without Tom Brady. No, you're right. I, I That's always going to be – well, it won't be after this year. We'll, well, no. we'll probably get some clarity on it. We won't get full clarity on it, though, because who knows what Cam Newton is for the Patriots. We would. I'll say this. We will know in the next five years. I think that's fair because if if the Patriots don't do anything this year – they will have a, you know, pretty decent draft selection and maybe they go out and get a franchise quarterback. And if in two years, Belichick's still coaching and they are right back in the AFC championship picture again, then yeah, you could say, all right, it's, it's Bill Belichick. But if, uh, jo- Johnny goes out there and gets the Bucks to, I don't know, like a pretty solid playoff position, they win a couple playoff games, even if they don't win a Super Bowl, you're going to have to say, all right, Tom, it's, it's not, it's not his problem. It's not Tom Brady's problem that the Patriots sucked last year. And uh, I don't know. Be a weird scenario if both of those things played out where the Patriots were good and the Sick of being upsold at gyms.
1: My guy, you're currently a base member for $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For 130 more, you'll be a Swoll member, and for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always
0: free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th.
3: See Home Club for details. Bucks were good and we didn't really still get an answer.
2: All your favorite fan shows are available when you want them. Head to 971thefan.com and hit that subscribe button. The Fan, Ohio sports destined show.
4: Washington football team has named Dwayne Haskins their starting quarterback for week one. So, former Buckeye Dwayne Haskins gets a gig against the Eagles, which to me seems like common sense, but... You know, Ron Rivera did the football coach thing, and he talked about the open competition he was going to have. And he brought in Kyle Allen from Carolina. He's comfortable with him. And then Alex Smith miraculously worked his way back into contention for this. And while I have not been the biggest Alex Smith fan throughout his career... I respect the hell out of the guy and look at him in total amazement that he was able to come back after almost losing his leg and really losing his life because of the terrible infection that he had. And he was declared healthy and in the competition, but it looks like Dwayne Haskins is going to get the first crack to lose that job. I say that in jest, but it really is now his job to lose. He's the man. Stop looking over your shoulder.
3: You are correct. And I would only add to that that I think it makes total sense for the Redskins to do it this way. I don't
4: know who the Redskins are. I know who the Washington football
3: team is. God, yeah, you're right. I can't believe I did that. Uh Yeah, the Washington football team with the idea that you have a rookie quarterback or a second-year quarterback, you invested a a big pick in him. So now it's time to see what he can do. You have a new coach. I don't think that a new coach necessarily has to change from the quarterback just to get his guy. But what's the, what's the worst that could happen? You play... Your guy, you find out what he can do just in general. You play any player that you want, but you find out what they can do. And if they can't, then he's already brought in a backup that he thinks is capable. So, yeah, we all love the Dwayne train. We're all happy for him. We want him to do well. But I can understand it from Washington's perspective to say, if it doesn't work out with him, what would be the harm in starting out with him and then switching if we had to? Because at that point, then you are going to be looking for a new quarterback. So if it doesn't work out at all with your quarterback this year, Good, you'll probably be in a good draft position to go draft another quarterback, but you've got at least one capable backup there in Kyle Allen, and who knows? Maybe Alex Smith turns into that too. I think that would be shocking. That would be shocking if it did, but at the very least, yeah, start with the guy who has the most chance of turning into something, because you know what these other guys are for for most of the case.
4: And I know a lot of people like the defense on this team, but in reality, the Washington football team is not competing for much this year, and I don't think Dwayne Haskins has been given that opportunity to fall on his face. And if I were him, that's the message I'd be sending to Ron Rivera. I'd go in and meet with my coach and say, Hey, coach, give me the opportunity to suck. And if I go out there this year and I don't progress and I don't get better every single week and show you flashes of what I can be and that's an elite quarterback, then I understand. I had my opportunity, and I blew it. But how many starts has Dwayne Haskins had? Seriously, it's, it's under seven, right? Yeah. I... I don't think it's more than that. So you've made your determination. Some people have on Dwayne Haskins based on six or seven starts.
3: Well, regardless, even if you had the whole year, you've got a new coach. You've got a new system. Let's see. How do we know that whatever you thought was wrong with him last year doesn't get fixed to some degree by the coaching he's now getting? You, We all acknowledge you didn't have as good of a coach last year as you think you have now. So it would make sense to let him have a chance in that new system. Now, I grant you they're probably not going to give him 16 games if the first three or four are train wrecks. Then it probably happens sooner than later. But if he goes out there and plays reasonably well and starts to look like a guy you can believe with some lumps and still making mistakes, but a guy who can more often than not get you in position to win, I think that's going to further his cause to continue to be the starting quarterback there. But yeah, th- this is the way I would do it if I were running Washington's football team. So good. This is the way they should be doing it. Dwayne Haskins started seven games last right. year. Yeah, that was, and it's stupid that they did it that way. Why?
4: Yeah, I remember the first time we, we, we were told, you know, early in the season by, uh, by Coach Gruden. Yeah, Jay Gruden. Jay Gruden was still there. That, you know, he wasn't ready to go. And so what they decided to do, I don't was John Gruden fired by this point when they went to the New York Giants and just sort of threw him in there in a
3: ridiculous, was you it mean that Jay, game? You mean Jay Gruden? Was he fired? What did I say? John Gruden. Yeah, just, Jay, Jay okay, Gruden yeah. is what I mean. Right, Okay. Oh, we jumped you know, over some other you team. know what I mean.
4: You know the thing. When yes. did he make... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know the thing! When did he make his debut? They just threw him into a crappy game. He didn't get an opportunity
3: to come in fresh and start. I don't remember exactly what game it was, but they did this charade all offseason where they said, we're going to make him earn it. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. All right, well, and I then- guess he earned it then. All right. Whatever. No, I'm saying, but they did that last year too, and I just... I never understand that with rookie quarterbacks, unless your team is so god-awful that you think there's no point in putting him out there because we're not even trying to figure out what he can do. We know we've got a couple more years with him. I still would put a guy out there in a bad situation and see if he doesn't make it better, right? I mean, isn't that what a hallmark is of a good quarterback, is that they figure out how to make your situation better, or they figure out how over the course of their bad situation during the season to get to a point where, all right, yeah, he was throwing – Two picks a game to start off the season. But now, last five games of the year, he really cut down on his interceptions. He was completion percentage was up. Yeah, we didn't win the games, but he was playing much better. That would give you at least a sign that all right we've 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 made some improvement. Now we need to improve the team around the player. I've never understood You know, backpedaling into the starting quarterback position for your first round pick. I just don't understand. So now you have a
4: former Buckeye as a starting quarterback in the NFL for week one. I honestly don't know the answer to this. I'm guessing no. And maybe Teddy can look this up. I don't know how he would look this up. And now he's just giving me a dirty look because I've given him homework. (laughs) You don't even know what it is yet. Why are you upset? I think he does know what it is. Has there ever been a week in the NFL where two former Ohio State quarterbacks started the same week? Oh, that's a good question. Because let's face it, up until recent history, this has not been known as quarterback. U.
3: I'm gonna, right. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna throw a a time period out. I don't know if this would be the case. Do we know if Bobby Hoying ever started for the Eagles? Because I think he played for he, the I Eagles. I think he did. Yes. Okay. And that would have been around the time, maybe, where Tom Zack was in the league-ish, mm, yes, 90s? Yes, but I don't so know if he's starting at that No, point. no, no. I don't know either. I'm just saying, I wonder if there was a week where the two... Maybe they were both starting in the same state. How weird would that be? If Philadelphia and Pittsburgh both had Ohio State starting quarterbacks for one weekend, we just... Blanked on it. I mean, Teddy, I'm
4: saying, Teddy put his headphones on. You can't possibly have the answer to this question.
6: No, I was just going to say you're talking about Bobby Hoing. He's he did start games in '97 and '98. So, right. So I'm, I'm saying so maybe did Tom in that Jack time start
3: games in '97 and '98. I'm saying if you look in that time period, that might be a place to zone in on. Because I'm trying to think of what. When did no? I don't think it was Tom
6: Sack. He's... I think I was past him. I, I, think, I, I, think, I think I think
3: so. you're right. I was just I'm I'm just trying to get to any era of like a decade where we might have two guys now, who yeah, are possible starters. You're right, and and these years sort of blurred together. Then after a
4: period of time, I know that for like two seconds, Troy Smith had a cup of coffee with the 49ers. Yeah. Did Troy Smith start at the same time that Terrell
3: Pryor was starting? Uh, maybe I don't know. That's a
4: Again, this is an yeah, interesting question. Has there ever been... I don't think
3: Troy was around. I mean, because... No, because... Uh, yeah, Terrell Pryor would have been 2010, 2011. There's no way Troy was still in the league at that point.
6: 2007 right. is when Troy started two games for Baltimore. Okay. Well, right. Then, yeah. Then, no. So... Niners is that all he looking. did? He
4: started to, I thought he started for the 49ers, too. Am I making I'm that up?
6: Yeah, you're right. In 2010, he did get another six starts. Okay. Tom
3: Zack, for what it's worth, I mean, I know he. I'm, I'm guessing he wasn't, but I don't know if there was an injury situation where Tom Zack might have started. He was playing with the Steelers till '99, so I mean, there's a chance he got a spot start somewhere. I'm just saying that's a decent area to look. Right, I'm obsessed with years. this
4: now, and since we're incapable of figuring <laughs> it out, let's have the listeners figure it out. If you've,
3: if you the found last the last time two Ohio State alumni were starting a game. Are we saying week one or just no, any, any NFL any, game? any week. Two quarterbacks that were both Ohio State quarterbacks starting in the NFL the same, the week. same week. Not just it, the last time. Has it ever happened? True enough. Right. I don't know.
2: Maybe it hasn't. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Oh, By the I way, we've,
4: we've we've come to the conclusion.
2: We yeah. have it. We have it.
4: Oh, we do? Yes, we have Thank it. Thank goodness. All it's, right. We, we found two occurrences of it. Oh, good. The first one, October fifteenth, nineteen eighty-nine. Oh. And November twenty-sixth, nineteen eighty-nine, both Tom Tupa and Mike Tomzak started the same week. And then uh November twenty second, nineteen ninety-eight, Bobby Hoing and Kent Graham both started the same oh, week. Bobby Hoing and
3: Kent Graham did it. Okay. Yes.
4: So we've we have two occurrences
3: so, of it right here. So possibly the last time we saw this was 22 years ago? Yeah,
4: 1998.
3: Right? Wow. All right. By the way, every so time I live.
4: think of Kent Graham, I'm sure you don't remember this. Nobody remembers this. There was this computer game that we had when I was a, a teenager, I think. When we had the Tandy computer from Radio Shack, it was called yeah. King's Quest. Have you heard of this game?
3: I remember hearing the name. I don't
4: remember playing it. And there was like, a, there was like an owl. And the main character, you're like, you know, you're exploring worlds or whatever. It was stupid. The main character's name was Graham, and his sidekick was this owl, and the owl would like direct Graham to do things, and whenever Graham had any sort of peril, the owl would say, ooh, Graham, just like that. And so every time I think of Kent Graham, I think of the stupid owl from the video game, and my father, once getting so pissed off at that owl and the sound, he took the CD-ROM out of the
3: computer and threw it in the backyard. Mm. Those were the days. I mean, at least it those wasn't a floppy the days. disk, right? Wasn't a floppy disk. So that's no. It good. wasn't a floppy. It was like CD-ROM version <laughs> one. You know, it has occurred to me that when you click the save button on certain programs, you know, they have that little floppy disk icon. Yeah, there are like the majority of computer users now never had to use one. No, of they those. have no idea. How like no, no idea why that existed or what it was used for. And thank goodness, because they were stupid and terrible. Ooh. If you remember that, send me a tweet
4: at Common Man Radio on Twitter. Watch out for that pothole, Graham.
0: <laughs> Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Nice. Yeah, oh, I
2: don't
4: good. think he, he didn't roll the R, but that's a I journey. feel it gives it effect.
2: More stupidity awaits you. Oh. That's all the information I need. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend returns on the other side of the break. The Fan, Ohio Sports, Destin.
4: Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals were scrimmaging yesterday. Uh, Unofficially, Joe Burrow was 19 of 33 for 200 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Um, Although they're not really counting it as a pick because they thought maybe it was pass interference. And when I say maybe it was pass interference, they were scrimmaging against themselves and had no referees. So... (laughs)
3: Yes, and also they've they've immediately cut whatever corner it was that may have committed pass interference for blemishing Joe Burrow's record. I think no, it was Jesse
4: I, Bates was the one right. who picked it off. Anyway. There you go.
3: So Zach Taylor said
4: after the scrimmage he's been very impressive talking about Joe Burrow and he said, Look, we took him number one, this is what we expected to see. And, you know, he's not playing any games. Zach Taylor isn't where he's essentially said, look, Joe Burrow's our guy week one when the season starts. We're not going to fool around with he's a rookie, he can't play. He's going to play, he's going to you know, catch some lumps, he's going to throw some interceptions and make some mistakes, but that's what we know is going to happen. It's more valuable for him to learn on the job than learn on the bench, which, look, man, you and I have been saying this, screaming from the mountaintops for years. Zach Taylor may indeed be an idiot, I thought at times last year he was an idiot, and he may prove to be one. But that doesn't mean he's not making the right move now, because he is. Yeah.
3: I, I mean, I, I was talking earlier in the show about cars, because we did Bone of Education, about uh, the Dodge Viper. And I will make a car analogy when talking about how GMs and coaches handle their star quarterbacks they draft. There are some people who buy sports cars, and then... They do the Ferris Bueller thing. They put them in their garage and they never want them touched and they never want to, because they want them to appreciate in value. They want to make sure the situation is just perfect. Then you have people who buy a sports car and crazily enough, they drive the sports car because it's, (laughs) that's what you bought it for because it's a performance car and you think it's going to hold up and be fun to drive, right? And you think it's going to be good for you. You think it's going to be worth what you invested in it. And that's where I feel like with quarterbacks, sure. If you have a completely God awful offense, you could perhaps maybe be ruining your star quarterback that you drafted. Maybe, but also, maybe you've invested in someone that you think can handle that. And maybe you've invested in someone who's going to take their knocks and be fine, and they're going to be able to handle it. I... I don't understand why some of these NFL teams throw a car cover over their expensive sports car and then leave it in the garage for two years and say, maybe someday it'll turn out to be something we can start up and run. Because you know
4: what they'll do. They'll say things like,
3: Pat Mahomes,
4: Aaron Rodgers. I don't know when Rimmer got here, but (laughs) that's what they'll do. And by the way, I, I can almost understand that because both of those guys had established starting quarterbacks in front of them. You don't have that situation here.
3: I know. I know. And the other counter-argument I would always bring up when people want to bring up the one-off situations is, okay, Drew Brees. Drew Brees had shoulder surgery before he became the Drew Brees you know now. Like, people forget about his earlier career he had in San Diego. Like, this... (laughs) This is something that just because your guy gets hit and gets hurt and maybe does have some lumps early in his career doesn't mean he can't eventually become a Hall of Famer, too. Like If we're just going to throw the outliers out there, there's outliers on both sides. So let's instead think about what's probably more realistic. If you took the best college football player out of college at a quarterback position and you give them the tools, I'm not saying you don't give them weapons, I'm not saying you don't have a good coach, but... Your organization should believe they have all that, right? They should believe they have a coach who can properly coach this quarterback. If you don't, then hire a new one. If you don't think you have the offense that this quarterback could come in and at least run somewhat efficiently, then give him one. And maybe you can't completely build it out in one year, but you could certainly go get him a few weapons, namely in the draft, or you could probably add some in free agency. The point is, hopefully you've built something that's reasonable that a good quarterback could come into – and help you win five or six games, and hopefully not get obliterated on every play, because you have a few offensive linemen in the building who might be able to stop some guys, and he'll learn from that, he'll grow from that, and then as you add pieces in, he can grow with those pieces, and eventually in a couple years, you're good. But yeah, I love but the what Bengals if he approach here. an
4: interception bone. I know I meanrous confidence gonna, forever. Right, how is he going to deal with the mental anguish of that? And I've always said, look, if you're so mentally weak that you can't deal with the adversity that you see in your rookie year, then you will never be successful in the NFL.
3: No, no. And, and, and Joe Burrow, the way they are throwing him, appear to be throwing him into the fire. It's not like they really have any other options, but good. That's, that's what I think you should do. And I also appreciate that they are not treating the fans and the media and everyone who's following this like as is. if we're stupid. You drafted the guy number one overall. He had the, one of the best college football seasons we've ever seen by a quarterback. And you were woebegone well the last few years at quarterback. Yeah, it makes sense that you would. You got rid of your old franchise guy. You drafted the new franchise guy. Let him run the franchise. Common man and T Bone Weekend.
4: Joe Mixon signs an extension with the Bengals. Oh, this just coming down in the last fifteen minutes or so. Four year extension in addition to this season. So for the next five seasons, in theory, because we know how this works he will be a Cincinnati Bengal. So he that's done. No money has been attached to this yet, but it's
3: some. He got some. Well, I mean, it was pretty... To me, at least, it seemed pretty no-brainer. You have a franchise quarterback you just drafted. You are planning on playing him right away from everything we've heard. I would think you would want to give Joe Burrow every opportunity to have a good offense around him. If you take away one of the primary weapons of that offense then that's going to make it more difficult on him. It might potentially lead you to a path where his development is stunted slightly. At least now, you give him as many weapons as you can, I wouldn't want to take one away. So I I didn't think they would get to a point where they would really fight over this and not allow him to get a deal done and not have him on the field this year. So it's good to see that didn't happen. No, I do not think so
4: either. I thought they were going to get it done. And I can't remember... We've talked about this before because he's talked about this before. His demands weren't ridiculous, at least when we heard about it a couple months ago. And I would assume if the Bengals signed this deal, that confirms that his demands were not ridiculous. Because the Bengals are not meeting unrealistic demands. We know that about them. So they've gotten the job done. Joe Mixon is going to be on the team for the next five seasons. Maddie pointed out, Maddie Ice in the last show, Rothman and Ice, noon to three right here on the fan. He played his best football. His yards per carry was the best it was all season in December of last year when this team was woefully out of anything, and everybody knew he was going to get the football, and yet he still performed. You you can say, well, he's playing for the contract. Does it really matter what he's playing for? As long as he's playing for something, what's the difference?
3: Well, right. I I would also think that if you're playing for a contract, this year, but then the next year they draft a the quarterback that you hope could become the eventual future of the franchise, and they do give you the contract you're looking for, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess guys could just say, okay, I got my money. now. I'm just going to kick back. I've earned it. I don't need to really do anything. I- I'm going to guess that's not the case, given especially you know his his past, as we've talked about. He has a lot of problems off the field previously. Football wasn't always guaranteed for him, given some of the things he brought on himself because of heinous acts that he committed. So perhaps, maybe, he looks at football as an opportunity and a privilege to get to play it, because in my mind, it's a privilege that I'm shocked he still has. But anyway, he's here, and I would hope that that would not be something you would take lightly. He liked playing against the Brownies last year,
4: man. He he did. I mean, I, I had forgotten this. I'm sure you haven't, but the two games in December, because that's when both the games were, uh December 8th against the Brownies 23 carries for a buck 46 that's yeah. pretty good yeah and then uh, the 29th of December the final game of the regular season 26 carries for a buck
3: 62 mm-hmm. yeah well and there's this too i mean of the last in, the last, in each of the last two seasons, there's three guys who have run for at least 1,100 yards in both of the last two. Sick of being upsold at gyms?
1: My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free
0: fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See
3: Home Club for details. Seasons. Ezekiel Elliott and Chris Carson are the other two. And then Joe Mixon. So, right, let him you live. know, it's, you're, you're one of the few guys in the NFL doing that. It, it does speak to your ability.
2: Not dumb enough yet? Oh no. Good news. Good news. More common man and T-Bone weekends coming up next. The Fan. Ohio sports destination
4: Bone, I have two things for you that have popped up on my Twitter here. All right. Uh, The first one, physicists discovered a new type of black hole in the forbidden zone. Oh, that physicist is Dr. Zayas. I just picture (laughs) Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes talking about the forbidden zone. Do not enter the forbidden zone. That's yes, that's right. So there's that, and the Browns have made a trade. They are trading a fifth round pick to Jacksonville for
3: safety Ronnie Harrison. Yeah, which they have a hole there, obviously with the injury to Grant Delpit. So a black hole,
4: maybe in the, in the forbidden zone.
3: Yeah, I don't know. All I know is that they need to do something. So I'm glad they're doing it. I don't, I don't really worry about sending a fifth round pick away. I know some people would freak out about that because that's too much. But you need help on the field this year. You got to play defense. You got to have a, a healthy defense. So. Adding in a safety is not a bad thing. I'm not going to lie and tell you that I know a ton about Ronnie Harrison and about how great he's going to be. Not sure. But I'm glad they're getting a live body to go in there and try to go out there and hopefully help out the defense. Here's my problem with Planet of the Apes. And I'm talking about
4: the original one, the 68 one. I've I've seen all the remakes and all that other crap. But for me, the one from 68 is still the original Planet of the Apes, the best Planet of the Apes. If the humans are essentially the animals of this world... Why are they wearing clothes? That yeah, always bothered me. I want to see Kim Hunter naked. <laughs> I don't want I don't want her wearing like a like a well, cloth. You,
3: you know why they had to do that. I know but why, but it, it's a movie. I want it to be real. I want realism. Okay, that's fine. I don't think they're going to allow realism in when was that, the seventies? No, I'm sorry, Kim movies? Kim
4: Hunter was uh not uh Nova. Linda Harrison was Nova. Excuse me.
3: Okay. Yeah, you'll have to pardon me because I don't know that I've ever actually seen an entire Planet of the Apes movie. Oh, all the way you from- haven't?
4: Oh man, they're so good. So. Except for the second one, where it's just really stupid, and they're like underground
3: worshiping the atomic bomb, and it's really dumb. Yeah. I. Well, I mean, I just I don't know why I never, I never it never crossed my radar enough that I would say yes. Let me sit down and watch the whole thing. But yeah, from what I've seen of it, I can see why it's enjoyable. I just haven't sat down and done it. Charlton Heston plays Charlton Heston in every single movie. <laughs> yes, he's
4: he just, does. he's the same guy where he delivers the dialogue as Charlton Heston would. Yeah. Right. And, you know, he gets together with Nova, the primitive girl mm-hmm. who can't speak, but somehow that's just okay. They work that out. They work Why, that out. Yeah. You figure it She's out. She's dumb and can't talk. She's sort of like an animal, but Charlton Heston has decided, I will take her as my bride. I can't do a Charlton Heston yeah. impersonation. Well, I apologize. I,
3: I like the arrogance of Charlton Heston where they're like, you're going to play Moses. And he was like, I'm sorry, I'll be playing myself. You can give me Moses' lines. Like, when they, <laughs> you're they, exactly the Ten Commandments, right. But he was like, I will be Charlton Heston in this film Well, and as about you know, Moses.
4: if we're really doing Moses, you have to have a speech impediment. Right. Because Moses put the hot coal in his mouth, and it screwed up his mouth, and he had to have his
3: brother, Aaron, as the interpreter. Boy, I tell you what, if you had told me back when I was like 10 years old, hey, someday you're going to be on sports radio in Columbus, Ohio... And it'll be September. There won't be a football season. But what you will be talking about is Moses' speech impediment and D.C. talk. I would have laughed in your face and then probably had to repent for it. Right, now
4: let's that. talk about And by the way, we're also having a conversation about how the Big Ten has ceased to play football. <laughs>
3: yes. Who I'm would saying. have thought that would be a thing? That's what I'm saying. Like, I never would have believed any of that. Never would have believed I was on the radio. Any of that. that none of that would have made sense to me. None. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend. Yesterday on
4: ESPN.com, they published a big, long piece about what the NHL season may look like next year. Now, the most shocking part is that ESPN remembered that hockey existed. But at least for yesterday, they did. And they had uh, some different scenarios here. They were speculating what the schedule is going to look like. We have talked about the December 1st tentative start date that... The players' union and the league have sort of tentatively agreed on, but nothing's been put on paper. But the executives they've talked to don't really buy that starting on December 1st and playing an 82-game schedule is a possibility. One NHL executive told ESPN he anticipated a season of around 60 to 65 games. So that would be a departure, obviously, from the normal 82-game season. The other thing they discussed in here was what about getting fans back in the seats? And I know a lot of this is predicated on vaccines and therapeutics that are pretty damn effective, and we don't have to worry about it as much as we currently do. Here are their projections. And actually, one NHL team executive says, this is what they're working with, with their team, as they try and figure out the budget for next year. Because guess what? They're a business. They have to figure out, are we going to have no fans? Are we going to be able to put people in this building? What is that going to look like money-wise? So here are the models they're dealing with. No fans in the stands, and they take a bath. A progressive projection, starting with no fans, then increasing to 50% and then up to 90%. And then an optimistic case in which the arena opens with fans... And the progression is 50% to 75% to 90% capacity. So that's what this particular NHL team is working with right now, next year.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's a bad idea for the NHL to say, let's hold out hope to have fans in our building. But I also think they would acknowledge that that's not going to be, if they don't have fans in the building, it's not going to stop the season. They're going to still get a season in. That's the number one goal. So that brings us to the other thing. We've heard some speculation is that maybe they would bubble next year for the
4: regular season. Pretty much every single quote that I'm reading from league people is they don't think a bubble is feasible for the regular season.
3: Well, it's expensive number it, one. Very
4: expensive. And they would add have to add more sites. You can't you're not gonna no. be able to bubble in
3: two sites. No, you wouldn't be able to, and I don't think you can convince the players' union again, all right, let's all do this again like you just spent four months away, some of you from your family or three months away. Now, let's do that again, but let's do it for the entirety of the season. I just don't think most guys are going to sign up for that. So I I think, Mike, the NHL has to kind of have this reckoning within themselves. Would you rather have the entire season but have it played later and possibly with no fans? and And that means maybe your end of season is still July or August, right? Because they're already starting from behind now. If you try to squeeze in 82 games in the full playoffs – you probably won't end on time. And that won't impact 2021, 2022 as much, but it will certainly you know, make it more difficult to start that season on time, but hopefully you can catch that up. Or do you say, no, we have to end like our normal time frame for the Stanley Cup. And that's just not that we just have to have a regular off season this year because we already screwed one up. And if so, then I think that means you're going to have fewer games. And I think there's no way around that. You have to decide between those two.
4: I've said, a, I've said a million times on this show, maybe it's just me being overly optimistic because, hey, that's my nature. But I did see another piece today saying that I guess the CDC has gotten in contact with all 50 states and major metropolitan areas saying, be ready for frontline workers to get a vaccine by November. Be ready for that. So if that's the case... And let's say everything works, okay, because we have no idea that's going to be the case. Right. Let's say it works. Frontline workers start getting it in November. Hopefully, the rest of us peons start getting it after the first of the year. And then perhaps you are in a situation. And by the way, I also saw something today about therapeutics improving, and they've found a cocktail of steroids that significantly reduces the mortality rate. And I hope that science continues to catch up to this piece of crap that's kept a lot of us in the house for the past six months. So I hope that by 2021, there will be a scenario where it's not unrealistic that the Blue Jackets are playing in town and you can go check them out. Now, I don't know if that means 50% of the building can go check them out or 100% of the building can go check them out. But I don't think a bubble situation, and if you read the betwe- between the lines of what Bill Daly's talking about, too, he's been asked about this deputy commissioner. He doesn't think bubbles are feasible. So they're going to be in the home markets. It's just we'll we be able to go see them. I don't know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I hope we can, but we also want to have a season, so let's get that sorted out first. Common Man and T-Bone
4: Weekend. The NCAA may have tipped their hand a little bit. We learned yesterday they have applied to trademark the phrase battle in the bubble, which could apply to tournaments and other future athletic events, as well as branded apparel. Of course it would, because they're going to try and sell battle in the bubble, we have long said that I i have no doubt they're going to play college basketball. I have no doubt they're going to play college basketball. They're going to have to adjust the schedule, and they may have to do some sort of localized bubble, and then you move into a national bubble for the teams that make the tournament. I have no idea how it's going to work. I hope they do. I yeah. hope they're having these discussions. I, I do, too. But its trust me, if it happens, we're going to see a lot of things with Battle in the Bubble on it. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I don't really know why they think someone would want to buy a shirt that says, "Remember that year where everything was weird, battle in the bubble." Like I, I, I want no mementos from twenty twenty. I want no souvenirs from twenty twenty. Well, you'll want it if your team's like you know in the sweet sixteen Willy, in the bubble. When I couldn't go because they're in a bubble, well, I, I couldn't mean, go did, watch You're them? not going to enjoy it. You're going to buy a T-shirt. I mean, I, I'll enjoy it. I don't know. Yeah, you're right. Someone will probably will. They'll be like, yep, that was 2020. I I want nothing to do with remembering this year. You could say this is the only good thing from 2020. Yeah, maybe. I guess. But I think you've hit the nail on the head. The NCAA has already wiped out a billion-dollar entity for themselves this year. People talk about the opportunities lost from college football. What about these poor players who won't get to possibly turn themselves into NFL draft picks? That already happened. You know how many people made a name off of an NCAA tournament? Steph Curry got to be a top 10 pick because he had a run with Davidson shooting the lights out in the NCAA tournament. That was all missed. A billion dollars, 900 plus million dollars is the budget that the NCAA brings in from March Madness from the men's and women's tournaments. They lost all that revenue this year. They can't. I don't know how you would sustain losing $2 billion a year as a
0: Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel any time. Deal ends Friday,
3: May 10th. See Home Club for details. Profit. You know what I mean? How is the, How in the world would the NCAA lose $2 billion over no, not 700 days? That's There's, why you are going to the
2: bubble, baby. <laughs> More stupidity awaits you. Oh. That's all the information I need. Common Man and T-Bone Weekend returns on the other side of the break. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Oh. You know, I was on, the, uh, on
4: Facebook today, and they have the friend suggestions that pop up. And one of the friend suggestions that popped up was my accidental girlfriend from junior high. Oh. There was a girl named Kim that... See, here's how you ask girls out in junior high. At least this is how I ask girls out in junior high. I told my friend to go talk to Kim and say, hey, um, uh, Mike thinks you're really cute and would like to go out with you. If you want to go out with him, meet him at his locker at this time. Because right. I didn't have the stones to do it myself.
3: Yeah, that's that's a big thing in, in that age range where you, you don't actually go approach the person you're interested in. You just have a proxy do it. And Correct. Then, sometimes there's a proxy that then they send to speak to your proxy to say, uh, yeah, my, my person said no. And so tell them to go F themselves. Yes, but
4: in this situation, there it. was
3: a bit of a telephone game that didn't work
4: out. So I'm standing at my locker at the designated time, hoping for hot Kim to come say, oh, my God, thank God. Now we can run away and hold hands together, <laughs> right. you know, but instead some other girl shows up and says, I'm, uh, yeah, so-and-so talked to me and I'd love to be your girlfriend he got the Kims mixed up. So this other Kim showed up at the locker and she was good looking enough. So I just dated her for a while. But it was the wrong Kim. Oh, no. Oh, no. So that, she was my accidental girlfriend. We dated for like three months. And when I say date, I, again, I didn't go on dates when I was in sixth grade. Right. All right? I, we we like sat next to each other in the lunchroom and we would sit next to each other in, in uh, the library.
3: That's what we would do, there was oh, no yeah. dating involved. Yeah, I remember being in fifth grade, and the girlfriend I had at the time. I thought, well, if I play my cards right, this could all be settled. Like I just, I thought that's what happened. Is you found a girl in like fifth or sixth grade? For some people, it happens that way. I, I know someone it.
4: who met their spouse in second grade. Well, met been or been together, started? No, they were together the whole time. Really? Yes. That's the whole that's time. Beautiful. It, it is beautiful and concerning. Like, cause I, I couldn't do it. I would just, I would, even if I was totally in love with this person, I would just be filled with the, the thoughts that I, I would never have any other relationship ever again. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't know. Maybe there is something better than this. Even if logic tells me that's impossible, this is my soulmate. I love this person. Wouldn't you just constantly wonder?
3: Oh yeah. I, I can see that. Although we, it's funny cause we have a couple that we are friends with that were high school just high school sweethearts are these the people that you swing with or different no, people no no there's no there's none of that <laughs> you no. kidding we i'd break the swing <clears throat> if i show up to the swinging party no uh but our friend has got they, some furniture that you can borrow <laughs> thank you all i know is we have uh, like if you're saying second grade these people met yeah. and like got together as friends and are still together i i know friends that got married in high school and then they had known each other prior to that for many years and then dated and they talk about their relationship we're approximately the same age our kids are roughly the same age everything else about our lives is the same age but then they talk about their time together and it's like oh yeah i remember that event 22 years ago and it just it's always weird cuz we're like oh yeah we haven't known each other that long jeez like it's just i can't fathom knowing someone that long at the age that you and i are the age that you know you would anywhere in your friend group you're always going to have like 20 years on everybody else when they're like oh yeah we we got married around this time there's always going to be like oh yeah i remember we were on our like 15th wedding anniversary when you guys started dating that's just that's amazing good for those people i was telling the story of the accidental kim yes
4: uh, in the last segment good band name by the way <laughs> accidental, accidental kim. kim yes i think so People want to know more, like how long I dated her. I think it was like three months, and this was circa like 1991, 1992. And I will confirm to you that probably two out of the five days of the week, school week, I would wear Zuba's pants.
3: So, I mean, I was irresistible. I'm still still a little lost on how did your friends screw that up so badly? If you said, go talk to Kim... But he didn't know I didn't which know, Kim I you didn't meant. know there was another Kim. Oh, so he I thought he knew, knew all the Kim's.
4: He knew he, Kim he knew Jong un is, is well, he talked to.
3: <laughs> it's just Kim Jong un shows up and is like, hello, and you're like, Oh, I I don't know why you're here, and it's like, well, I would your have to said, if Kim Jong un showed up, I'd have to date him. I don't think he takes rejection well. No, I don't think he does. I don't I don't think you want to be on the bad end of that. So
4: Well, the one I was looking for was Kim Noon was her name okay okay but instead he sent me kim andrews and kim andrews was cute enough you know and you know right i was a shallow person i had someone in front
3: of me saying
4: yeah you're cute let's do it and by do it i mean hold hands
3: yeah right that's the the sixth grade equivalent i understand so so it did work out that you dated her for a little while you enjoyed her company and now Uh she's on facebook so that's good. no, no, no. Kim Noon was on Facebook. Oh, Kim Noon was on Facebook. Yeah, not not Accidental Kim. No, not <laughs> <laughs> was this dark room Amy level or no, Accidental Kim no level? You, There's you, so you many. Leave Amy out of it. She was
4: wholesome and pure, and she just would develop pictures in her dark room and ride horses. That was I her just, thing. I
3: just think that's such you have developed so many good band names just on the weird interactions you've had with people, but dark room Amy and. Accidental Kim are two of the best. I would watch... I would go on... I don't know what those bands play, but I'm going to that tour if tours were allowed to happen. I would go see those bands at a show. Mm -hmm. Don't forget my lunch lady. Who is that? Clowny. that's right. Don't forget about her. (laughs) Clowny's the opening act.
2: (laughs) Featuring Clowny.
4: Hi. Clowny
1: here.
3: Yeah. I I still think about Clowny all the time. Because she... No, I'm trying to remember. Did she have the little tick where she said a lot of, like, just random things? That was a guest you had on, right? Oh, On no, a radio that show? That
4: wasn't it. That wasn't was just a, this
3: poor woman
4: who, you know, again, I'm I'm in second grade, so I'm trying yeah. to remember back then. Right. She probably had some sort of developmental issue, you know? And, oh, okay. But as, because she would just come in during lunchtime and sit in our classrooms. Because that was her job. When the, nun, the nuns would go... And I don't know what the hell the nuns did, but during lunchtime the nuns would leave, and and these volunteers would come in and sit with us. And we had this volunteer. Her name was
3: Clowney. Her, her name wasn't was Clowney. That's what you guys called we her named her Clowney because graders.
4: you know she had eighteen gallons of makeup on, mm. and she had a voice like this, okay. and
3: she you know. Like every other woman you've ever done an impression of? She right. sounded...
4: No, she actually sounded... That's where oh, the that's original how, impression comes that's from. Where, that's where it comes from. Okay. She sounds like Fred Rogers doing the puppet voice. Mr. Rogers. Right.
3: yes, I know, yes. You that, know, who, who was that puppet?
4: But it had the makeup. She oh, had the nose I, and stuff yeah. like
3: that puppet. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yes, you're right. I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't remember And the she name.
4: sounded like that, and, you know, we were terrible... And we would just, we would call her clowny to her face. Yikes. Yes, yikes is right. I I was terrible. And this is my penance, is that I'm 40 years old. I still think about this stuff. Mm -hmm. She's probably dead and gone. But I think about clownies, she probably haunts me.
3: There's a comedian, I think his name is Kyle Kinane, I want to say, is the comedian who has this line, and I'll give him credit for it. It's Chris Kinane. Sure, whatever. Uh, But he said... Chris Kinane. Repressed memories? Can I have some of those? Because all I do is remember yeah, all no the kidding. horrible things. I wish I had repressed like I, memories. I I've, I've talked about Jeanette Wise. Right? I remember her name. I remember
4: everything about her. I, don't, I can't remember girls that I dated for like six months in my adult life. But I but remember, you can remember stuff like that. I remember everything about Jeanette Wise and how during recess in the seventh grade, we would feed her the, the salt that melted the snow Oh god! Oh god! And say it was rock candy. Oh no! I think about that to this day, and we would invite her to parties that did not exist. Oh no! Yes! That's... Oh no! Is right. I know. I man. will it's... lay in bed at night thinking about this.
3: That's yeah. I know. I feel so bad. I, I, I remember, and this is, I guess, my penance for it now because I am this person. But there was a a kid in our class, a girl who was a little big, and at at the time, you're in sixth grade. You know, everyone made fun of everything and it was horrible. But I still, I still stay up at times when I remember this and think, oh my gosh, I hope this girl is okay. Because, There was a show at the time called Earth 2. Sick of being upsold at gyms?
1: My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell.
0: Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just one dollar down and ten dollars a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May tenth. See Home
3: Club for details. We used to call it not we, but people in my class used to call her Earth Two, and I would just laugh at it, and be like, "Yeah, there you Earth Two, ha ha." And now I'm like Earth Seventeen, like I'm just <laughs> yeah, no, I'm no. so I got my I got mine back. So that's fine. I deserve that.
6: Common Man and
2: T-Bone.
5: Catch the live experience weekdays from 3 to 6 and listen on demand at 971thefan.com.
2: The Fan, Ohio sports destination. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios.
5: Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com.
2: WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. Sick of being
0: upsold at gyms?